Good morning. I'm alive. There was at least one time during the trip I wasn't sure if I was going to be or not. Uh, we went to a church the first Wednesday night that we got there, and it was an Arab Christian church. These were converted Muslims that had come to know Jesus, and we were, and we were going to go to church with them, and we did. We'll share some video later on that. And to get there, uh, it, it, was a, it was a couple miles from where we were, and, and, and we went to, to the taxi drivers. Now, it was my first ride in a taxi. I'm, I'm a redneck. I'm a hillbilly, and it was the first time I had ever ridden in a taxi. And I got in the taxi, and, and I had it pulled up on my phone. I thought I was prepared, and uh, I said, we need to go to this address. He says, these numbers mean nothing to me. And I thought, now you're from here, and these numbers mean nothing to you. And so they took us and, and basically drove us around for about 30 minutes and then charged us about $30 and told us to get out. So we got out and, and so we started going towards the church on foot. And unbeknownst to us, we turned off of the main road and, and started walking and, and Tanner will verify every bit of this. And we walked into the middle of a Muslim neighborhood. Now six guys that uh, are Americans in the middle of a, a Muslim neighborhood is kind of nerve-wracking. And so we got to the bottom of a hill, and we're standing there looking confused like tourists do. And a Muslim rolled his window down, and he told us that we needed to leave the area and that we stunk. And I thought, well, we walked here, so he might at least be half right. And, uh, but, but, and Brother Rudy kind of looked at me, Brother Rudy Oaks, he looked at me, he said, Brother, do you think we ought to go ahead and leave? And I said, yeah, I think we might ought to. But Ronnie Lee decided to press on. And as we went further into the neighborhood, uh, we would ask people for directions and they would just walk off. They wouldn't talk to us and we were not welcome there. And I thought, surely I'm going to walk into my death. And, and we were about to lose hope. And all of a sudden, they told us to take a turn into an industrial area where it looked like that, that we were going to surely find some people with, with a big knife and maybe a machine gun waiting to meet us. And all of a sudden, we heard singing. And it was the church that we were trying to go to. And somebody had opened the door and we heard the, 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 the praises of God rolling out of that place into the street. And were able to find the church because people were praising the Lord. So what a blessing that was. And we went and we had a wonderful time. Uh, there, there's the, the pastor's son interpreted for us. And uh, we had little headsets. And, and we got to see how Arab Christians worship. And it was an awesome experience. I want to tell you church this morning, we're not the only ones in this. Did you know that? There's people all over the world, and I found that out more than anything in these last couple of weeks, that there's, there's people everywhere that absolutely love Jesus and are on fire for God. And I was, I was blessed, and there will be a lot more stories to come, but that was the only time that I felt that maybe my life was in danger and I may not make it back. Mark chapter number 4, Mark chapter number 4, if you will find Mark chapter 4, verse number 1, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's Word. I'm just a little bit tired this morning, so pray for me. I spent a, a, about 27 hours traveling Friday, and, uh, and I slept most of the day yesterday, and I'm still not fully recovered. So just pray for me. My mind's tired, my body's tired, but the Holy Spirit's the one that does the preaching, so I can just get out of the way and let Him preach. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter number 1, or ver chapter number 4, I'm sorry, verse 1. It says, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, 
Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit." And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some an hundred. Now let's skip down to verse number 14. The Bible says this. This is Jesus explaining the, par- the parable that he just told. And it says, The sower soweth the word. And they are, these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise that are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit some thirty, some sixty, and some an hundred. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. I say that with an honest heart, God, that I'm truly glad to be amongst my brothers and sisters this morning. God, I thank you for each one that's gathered here, Lord. It seems like we have a lot of visitors this morning. God, I appreciate you. Thank you for sending these folks our way. God, just bless each one that's here. But God, as we go into this time of preaching, Lord, I just pray that you would have your way. God, that you would just move me out of the way and that you would let the Holy Ghost do the preaching this morning. Because God, I'm weak in body. But God, when I'm weak, you're strong. God, I trust you this morning to to send out your word. And God, as this parable that we're about to study this morning says, Lord, I hope that people have a heart that's ready to receive. And God, that much good will be done this morning for your glory and your glory alone. God, we praise you. We thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I had two weeks to study and and and. The Lord, it's like everything that I saw in Israel, I wanted to preach on it. I really did, and Tanner's probably the same way. But as I studied and as I began to to read and and figure out what I needed to preach this morning, I came to Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4, it's not a hard hard thing to understand. Jesus, when he spoke, he always spoke to people in parables. See, what would happen is Jesus would go somewhere, and almost everywhere that Jesus went, he had a group of people following him. If you read through all the Gospels and, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and all those books, you would almost always see that Jesus had a multitude that would follow him. Not only did he have his 12 disciples, but right behind the disciples, he had a multitude of people that would follow him, and they were usually following him for selfish reasons they were following Jesus so that they could have their have the sick healed so that the lame could walk and all these other things and ever so often Jesus would stop and and he wouldn't he wouldn't heal people he would just tell them something 
And so many times Jesus would stop and he would sit down just as we see right here. We see that Jesus was by the seaside, by the Sea of Galilee, and that the people were around him. And Jesus had a lesson for these people. And so he got in a boat and he went out into the sea just a little bit so that his voice would be amplified. And Jesus wanted to tell these people this, that, that day about how that the word of God needed to be in their hearts. And so Jesus cast out and he started teaching these people. And as Jesus would do, he would often look around and he would just see something and he could just take a, a, an earthly thing and give it a heavenly meaning. And no doubt that Jesus, when he was telling this story, might have looked over by the Sea of Galilee and saw a field and saw maybe somebody sowing seeds and casting seeds out. And he said, I'm going to tell you a story about a sower. Now these folks back then, it was, it was a simple way that they sowed. They would just go out and they would take seeds by the handful and they would just cast them. And they would throw these seeds out and basically there was no rhyme, there was no reason to it, there was no system. They would just have to cast the seeds. And wherever the seeds fell, that's where they would grow. Now the first person that we see in this parable is, is Jesus brings out. In verse number 3 he says, hearken, he says, listen up. He says, behold... There went out a sower to sow. This, this is a, a very mundane task, no doubt, to this sower. And so he went out and he sowed these seeds and he had to be faithful to do it. Because as that sower would walk around, he knew that there were places in the field. He knew that there were going to be areas where the seed fell and it wasn't going to do a, any good whatsoever. That sower goes out and he says, you know, over there's the stony ground. He said, and I'm going to have to cast my seeds there, but it's probably not going to do much. There's the wayside. I'm going to cast my seeds there, but it's probably not going to do much. And he says, and besides all that, he says, there's thorns. But still the sower went forth to sow. You see first the sower and then you see the seed. Now what is the seed in this context? Well, Jesus explains it to us in verse number 14. He says, the sower soweth the word. He said, the sower soweth the word. Jesus is explaining his parable. I heard a preacher say one time that the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Amen? I like commentaries. I like to read after really smart guys like Matthew, Henry, and Spurgeon and all these guys. But if you really want to understand what the Bible is saying, just keep reading the Bible. Just keep reading it. And so Jesus goes to explain, goes on to explain that the sower is sowing the word. And this morning, I want you to understand, this, this is my sermon this morning. I just want to ask you, is your heart ready to receive the word? That's a question that, that we each need to ask ourselves every single time when we, when we come to church and when we open our Bible or, or somebody is speaking to us, whatever it may be, when the word of God goes out, see, that's only part of it. That sower, when he goes forth sowing that seed, it is dependent upon the ground and the condition of the ground on whether or not that seed is going to do any good. Last week, I believe my good friend Avery, how many of you enjoyed Avery? He's a good preacher, isn't he? He's a good preacher, and I believe he preached on bringing forth fruit, didn't he? If, if that's, I listened to 30 seconds of it where he made fun of me for talking to you from a hotel room window. But, but anyways, that's beside the point. But before the fruit can get there, you know what has to happen? A seed has to be planted. A seed has to be planted. Now, I'll just tell you this, and I'm not much of a gardener. I'm, I'm really not. Me and Lacey, we had a garden one time when we first got married. You know, we were, well, it, was, it was a few years ago, and we had a house, and I had a yard out there, and I thought, I'm going to grow a garden. I didn't grow nothing. 
I grew, I, I managed to grow about six pitiful little squash, and that's it. But you have to be faithful in order to do that, don't you? Every Sunday when I stand up here, or Sunday night, Wednesday night, or, or whenever, the, I understand I have to go into a pulpit with a mentality that not everybody is going to receive what I have to say with a good heart. I have to understand that. I have to come to that realization that the Word of God is going to go forth. And sometimes it's going to fall on people that are not ready for it. And so Jesus goes on to say this. He says in verse number 4, And it came to pass, as the sower sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And he explains that in verse number 15. He says, And these are they... By the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now you have to imagine this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a picture of the field for you this morning. I want you to understand that these fields, and, and I saw these fields, I'll say that, and, and the things that I saw didn't look too good for growing. Now I know, I know pitiful soil when I see it. And so I looked over these fields and I saw these fields and every single field that you would see that there was an older field where they would sow by hand had paths, walking paths running through it. Now there's an application here and I'm going to get to it. That Back then in the first century when, when Jesus preached this, these people knew exactly what the wayside was. It wasn't that they just fell out of the way. No, it was that the wayside was where people walked through the field. It was, where, it was where people had cut a trail right through the middle of the field where they could get from point A to point B. And what happens when you walk across the field long enough, what's it going to do? It's going to harden. That ground is going to become just like this concrete that's under this carpet and nothing is going to go on that. Nothing is going to penetrate down in that. So when that sower threw those seeds out into the wayside, he knew that those seeds were probably not going to do any good. Jesus explained it, verse 15, I'll read it again. He says, and these are they, he says, where the word is sown, and they have heard, and Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Some people this morning are going to hear the word of God. Some people heard the songs and heard the Sunday school lessons, and their heart is just like a stone. Their heart is it's just, it's just so hard. And Satan has come, and maybe he's already come this morning, and whatever good has been done or whatever word has went out that Satan has just came and he's just snatched that away. As I was studying this, I, I found that a lot of times that people that, that have to sow by hand and, and they would go out in these fields and just cast out, that they would actually have a flock of birds that would follow them around. And then as soon as that seed hit the ground and it went by the wayside and it didn't go down into the earth, that those birds would fly and they would flock to that seed and immediately they would take it away. I want you to understand this morning that, that as Jesus said here that Satan is ready. He, he's, he's just right there ready to take the word away this morning. He's standing on guard. He's following us around. And anywhere the word goes out, if Satan can come and he can take it away, if he can and make it null and void and take it away, then he will. He's going to take it away from people. And that may be you this morning. Is your heart so hard that you, you won't even hear the word? Is your heart so hard that the, the word can't penetrate down into it and that Satan has the opportunity to take it away? Some people have that heart. That's some people in here this morning. But Jesus goes on to say this. He goes on in verse number 3. 
Or verse number 5, I'm sorry. And he says, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Now, as I always read this wrong. I thought, well, stony ground and the wayside's about the same thing, right? It's just a hard place, but no. If you look at that verse and you really read what it says, it says, and it fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. See, there's some earth there. There's a little bit of earth, and then under the earth is some rock. And then it, it, it goes on to explain it in verse number 16 and verse 17. He says, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. There's that word again, immediately. You see that in verse 15 and verse 16. Immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. I've seen this numerous times in my ministry where people, it seems like that the word will go out and they'll grab a hold of it. And, 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 and they'll do something. They'll, they'll take some kind of step of faith, whether that's coming to an altar and making a profession of faith or, or whatever it is. And they're, and they're on fire for God for about two months. See, as a church, we have, to, we have to make sure that we follow up with people. Because I've seen it so many times that people will, will, will come and they'll do something. They'll make a profession. But underneath, there's a problem. See, there's a little bit of earth for the seed to take root in. But then while those roots are going down, then suddenly they hit a stony spot. They hit a rock. And they don't, they don't have any depth. They don't have any, there's, there's nothing to grab onto, if you will. And I've seen it so many times that people will do that. And then something will happen. And that's exactly what Jesus says. He, says that, he said that a persecution may come. He said, or an affliction may show up. They may find out that they're sick or somebody in their family's sick or, or somebody will say a crossword to them or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they say, no, I don't want any more of this. I, I don't like this, this church thing. I don't like this Jesus thing. You know, that, that seed, it, it stuck for just a little while. And then all of a sudden something happens and they just kind of wither away. Why is that? Because they were shallow. They didn't have any depth to them. Their, their heart, it had just a little bit of earth on the surface. But all of a sudden, when times got hard, when things got bad, they decided that, that it just wasn't for them. I've seen that so many times. It seems like people, they'll get on fire for just a little while, and then something will happen, and then they'll just kind of go away. We're talking about soil here. We're talking about people's hearts. You, you still with me? Say Amen. Y'all should be smiling right now. I'm the tired one, remember? And then it says in verse number 7, And then some fell among thorns, or weeds. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Verse number 18, here's Jesus' commentary. Here's Jesus' explanation. He says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. See, these people hear it. And it says, In the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, 
and it becometh unfruitful. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, Jesus explains this good, and the lust of other things entering in. Jesus says that some people, some people take the word into their hearts. He said, but the problem is, is there's only so much dirt to go around in your heart. Did you know that? There's only so much soil within you. And if you know anything about gardening, it's that you have to go out occasionally and you have to remove the weeds, don't you? Anybody here know what a gooseneck hoe is? Anybody? Some of you older folks don't. Some of you younger people are looking at me like I'm crazy. A gooseneck hoe is, is an archaic instrument. It's a stick, and on the end of it, it's got a piece of metal that's flat, and you go out and you drag weeds out of the garden with it. Some of you could probably do some good, learn something if you'd run one of them. I bet Albert could teach you how to use one. It'd do some young people some good to go out there. Back then, you didn't have all these things that you could just spray on there, and the weeds would go away. See, some, some effort had to be put into it. And, and the thorns would grow up. You know, I, I said I'm not much of a gardener, but I can grow a weed. Did you know that? I can grow a thorn like nobody's business. Well, I could go out there in my garden. I could wake up in the morning and look out my kitchen window, and I could say, Lacey, there's something green in the garden. She'd say, oh, well, that's a thistle is what that's called. And I would get excited because I saw something. But the thing about those weeds is, 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 is it's, it always seems like that weeds can grow ten times better than what you're trying to grow. You don't have to do anything to a weed. You don't have to cultivate a weed. You don't have to cultivate a thorn. They just grow. And so many people listen to the word. They hear the word. And then the word starts, it, it starts bringing forth some, some, some seed, bringing forth some fruit. But it says in the cares of this world... Then something happens. You get distracted. You get, you get your eyes off of what's important and some things pop up. And as Barney Fife used to say, you've you got to nip it in the bud. You know what nipping it in the bud is. You've got to get it before it gets out of control. And so many people will let other things take over that precious real estate in their heart. That place where that fruit needs to be growing, but instead it seems like that they grow weeds, that they grow thorns, that they things are being are being cultivated in there that shouldn't be there, and and they take over. And the bad thing is, is that when they start taking over, they're going to grab a hold of that precious seed. They're going to grab a hold of that precious thing that you're trying to grow, and they're just going to start entangling it. And they're going to smother it out. And they're going to take the sunlight. And they're going to take the, the nutrients from the soil. And they're going to take the water. And before you know it, all you've got is a bunch of thorns and weeds. So we've got three types of hearts right now that are not good. But yet there's a lot of people like that. You notice 75% of this story so far is things that are not how your heart should not be. He said some by the wayside where it, can't even, where it can't even take root at all. And then some on stony ground. And then some people have a heart full of thorns, a heart full of weeds that, that it's just been choked out. But then Jesus says this in verse number 8. And he says, and other fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some an hundred. Verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred.
If you want to, I want to bear fruit, just like Avery preached last week. I want to have proof in my life, and I want to bring forth fruit that I can present to the Lord and say, Lord, this is for you. Did you know the fruit's not for us, it's for the Lord? And when that seed goes into our heart, when that word goes into our heart, it's, it's, it's for him. It's to ultimately bring glory to him. And the word goes in. He says, and it, and it brings forth, it increases. See, when your heart is right, when your heart is ready to receive the word, something good will always come out of it. When you open your Bible, if you go to open your Bible at home and your heart is in the right place, if your heart is ready, if your heart is cultivated, then the Word can go in there and it can take hold and it can grow and bring forth fruit. But so many times we have these other hearts. We have the wayside heart or the stony heart or the thorny heart. And God said, no, we need some good ground. We need some good ground. He said, we need some hearts that, that are ready to receive the word. If I ask you this, if, and I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you, just ask yourself, how many of you woke up this morning and was prepare, was, were preparing, I can't speak this morning, to come to church? And see, at my house, I'll tell you, I've got two little babies. I, I consider Shaylee a baby still, and... Uh, Anybody that has ever had to dress kids, it's like herding cats, isn't it? It's hard. I mean, some of you are looking at me. It's been a while for you, but, it, you know, kids are not always cooperative. I wish they were, but, you know, just this morning, Lacey had three different dresses laid out, and Shaylee said, I don't want to wear any of them. <laughs> and so things like that happen, and it takes away from what's important, and that is that the Word is going to be preached. It's that the Bible's going to be open and taught by Sunday school teachers. And, and the Word's going to be preached. And God said that, that you need to have your heart ready for that. How many of you were prepared for the Word this morning? How many of you got up and said, God, make my heart ready so that I can receive the Word? We get so distracted sometimes and so caught up in the cares of this world. As the Bible said, as Jesus said, things that, that are not bad, but they're, they're distractions. And that word, it can't take root in our heart because there's so many other things going on in our life. And it can't fall on good ground. I would encourage you, next week maybe, it's homecoming week, but next week... When you wake up, ask God. Just get down on your knees and say, God, prepare my heart so that I can receive your word. God, prepare me so that, that when I open the Bible, and, and that it will just come to life to me and that the seed will go out and that I can bring forth fruit for your glory. Just ask God. It's so simple. It says to break up your fallow ground. It says that in Hosea. And so many hearts come in and so many hearts open the word. And they don't receive it. People, people wonder what's, what's wrong with churches, what's wrong with our nation. Because people don't receive this word. This word th that we have, it's precious. Did you know that? This is precious, but yet we, we treat it sometimes as just, just an extra thing that we have to do in our life. Your life, God doesn't just fit in somewhere extra in your life, but yet we act like that sometimes. If you want to know 
the will of God, just open this word and you'll find it. If, you wanna, if you're going through something bad and there's a situation in your life that you don't understand why it's happening, just open up the word of God. But do it with the right heart. I've been teaching on Wednesday nights, and it's been a while, but, but a couple Wednesday nights I've been teaching about that it, it's not what's going on around us. The, the problem is with our hearts. This is a heart thing. See, what I saw in Israel so, so many times is people were trying to, to worship God with their bodies. People were trying to, to do things to, to satisfy just, just a legalistic little, little thing, you know, the Jews over there. I watched those Jews pray, and, and they were doing it, but it was just emotion. It was just them standing there and saying some words, and I know it couldn't have been coming from their heart because they don't believe that Jesus died on a cross for their sins. It's about our heart, folks. And our heart needs this word right here. We can't make it without the word of God. Did you know that? You can't make it a day in your life without the word of God, but so many times it's neglected. And so many times we have thorny hearts and, and wayside hearts and stony hearts that will not receive the word of God. Please, please ask God to touch your heart. Ask God to prepare your heart. Ask God to break your heart so that you can receive his word. So that when the seed is sown, that you can, you can take it and you can, and for the glory of God, bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. The word of God will multiply itself, but it needs somewhere to be multiplied, and that's our heart. Everybody stand this morning. If somebody would come to the piano, just, just, just for a moment, and everybody bow your head and close your eyes. I know this has been sort of a different sermon, but it's what God laid on my heart this morning to preach. And I want you to understand that we have a heart problem these days. A lot of people have, have a heart condition and they don't even know it. A spiritual heart condition. But as that seed goes forth, be ready for it. Be ready to receive the word. And if that's you this morning, you can come to the altar and you can ask God to break your heart. You can ask God to make your heart ready so that when you open the word of God, or so that even when God speaks to you, when that word comes to you, that you'll be ready to receive it. And that when you receive it, I'm thankful that, that God gives increase. Corinthians, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Paul planted, or Apollos planted, and Paul watered, but God gave the increase. As that seed goes out this morning, be ready for it. Have your heart open. Don't be hard-hearted this morning. Don't have that heart that is, is so hard that the seed cannot take root. Don't be stony. Don't be shallow. Don't just have a little bit on the surface and then be hard underneath. I think that happens a lot. When that happens and things come your way, you're just going to give up. You're just going to quit. 
And don't let the cares of this world take over your life. I understand that we have things that go on in our life. We have situations and and sicknesses and we have all these things that are biting for our attention. But yet the most precious thing is the Word of God. Don't Don't let it be choked out. Don't let it be smothered. Don't let all these things take over. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you do. God, I thank you for your precious word. God, it is is more precious than anything else that we have. Lord, in in this word that we have, they're the words of life. It says that this is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Your precious word. And God, I just, my prayer this morning would be that people would be attentive to your word. God, that people would see your word as precious and as something that we should be prepared to receive. We shouldn't come in here with an attitude of, bless me if you can, but that we should be coming here with a humble, broken heart, ready to see what God has to say to us. Lord, I just pray that each one of us would have a a good heart that would bring forth fruit for your glory. Lord, we praise you. God, I lift you up this morning. God, we just worship you because you're worthy. Thank you for all that you do. Lord, bless this church. Bless each one that's here this morning. God, let the word go out. In Jesus' name, amen.